thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Sands Podcast, a Belly Up Sports Media Podcast. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dave from the New Era Sands Podcast. Want to welcome you into episode eight. We have a special guest on today to help us preview the game on Saturday versus the Edmonton Oilers from uh, Sports 1440, Jason Greger. How's it going, Greger? Pretty good, Dave. You? Awesome, man. Uh, We've enjoyed a nice mild winter. How was how was your holidays though? How was your New Year's? Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, thanks. Same to you. Yeah, you know what? I'm lucky. Didn't have to go anywhere. Everything's close. Uh, my hockey team that I coach, we had a Christmas tournament, so that was a little fun. Keep the uh, uh, the boys entertained, and yeah, pretty lucky. It was good. It was nice. Uh, nice little break. I work. Uh, I manage a construction company, so it's a bit of a shit show. So I literally just put the phone down, turned it off, and fucked off out of town for a few days to my in-laws who live in Lacombe. So middle of nowhere, 90 acres, and just kind of kind of relaxed and enjoyed it with the family. So it was definitely a much-needed break. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's good. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. So let's jump right into it really quick. So obviously, 2024 just jumped off. Just want to get your opinion so far on the Oilers season. In 2023, from day one till now, a lot of, a lot of things have come. Coaching changes. Uh, you know, veteran goaltender Jack Campbell gets sent down. Uh, you know, Calvin Picard is now backing up. I just kind of want to get your kind of like your rating or your thoughts on the season so far. Well, the owners were terrible for the first 13, 14 games. They are brutal. One of the worst teams in the league, but they're not like they have way more talent and they're a good team. And we're seeing that now they've been, they're the hottest team uh, in the NHL for the last two months. And, you know, I expect them to be a top five team the rest of the year. They've obviously got the best player in the world in Connor McDavid and one of the top five players in the world in Leon Dreisaitl and, they got a lot of speed and, and, and size on their team. Um, I, I think the, the the coaching change has really worked out for them um, just because Paul Coffey on, on the blue line has added a real different mindset. He really encourages them to make plays. Uh, everybody, third pair guys, Vincent DeHarnay is holding on to the puck more than he ever has, I think, in his first 50 games. And, you know, uh, Chris Knobloch comes in and, you know what, it's a different voice. You know, it's, it wasn't like Jay Woodcroft was the reason the orders were losing by any stretch, but they're just – they didn't seem, I, you know, I think the frustration was mounting. They just, they didn't seem to have uh, an answer as to, to what to change. And you know what, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of the players playing guilty as well, because a coach with a really good record loses his job. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but mainly the orders are just playing up to their potential. Now, the one difference though, is their penalty is guilt, good. Their penalty kill. And that was the one element under Woodcroft for the most part, outside of a 25 game stretch last year that they struggled in and uh, their penalty kills good. Their power play has been good for years. And, uh, you know, right now they've really improved. And we saw signs of it last year, but they've really locked down their five-on-five play. They've, they've lowered their top 10 in goals against now for the last two months. And if you can do that with their offense, they're going to be a formidable team. Now, everybody knows Zach Hyman's a really good player. But do you think he stepped it up another, like, to another level this season? Do you think it's the players that surround him that's making him better? Like, I, I personally i am – I'm enjoying tasting the tears of Lee fans watching Hyman success, you know, here go down in Edmonton. Uh, 
would you say Bouchard or Hyman is the biggest surprise so far this season? Um, well, you know, Zach Hyman on pace to score 50 would probably be a surprise to me. But the thing is, if you look at Zach Hyman, he always works on improving his game. He doesn't get complacent. He doesn't get comfortable with just saying, hey, you know what? 30 goals is good, right? He wanted to he set a career high every year in Edmonton, set a career high in goals and points his first year, 27, then he jumps up to 36. And now it looks like he's a guy who will score 40, maybe, maybe even push for, for 45 to 50. And he's got a relentless work ethic. And, and I think that's infectious. But he's he's a real student of the game. Like I've talked to Zach about what he's worked on, just how to score better, right? Because he said, he goes, man, I had tons of chances last year and I didn't score enough. Like to me, I look at Brady Kachuk, look at how many inner slot shot Brady Kachuk gets. He should get more goals. Like you can't just hammer the puck into the net all the time and hope to just crash it by the goalie. I think, you know, you got to diversify your game and and you got to keep improving. I think Zach Hyman is a great example of it. It doesn't matter how long you be in the league. You can always learn and improve. So um, you know, Evan Bouchard was pretty good down the stretch. He's always been a good offensive player. That doesn't surprise me um, that, you know, and getting points on the order's power play for the D-man isn't a shock, right? Like he's got a really good shot. So, you know, he's going to score some goals, but, you know, getting points on the power play isn't a surprise to me. So I'd probably say Hyman, maybe uh, the fact that he's going to push 45 to 50 goals is is probably more of a surprise for me. I, I personally go with Bouchard just because he's third in NHL among defensive and points behind Makar and um, Quinn Hughes. I mean, that's that's a pretty good company to be with. But um, either no, way, I it think is you very good. No but it just, there. You, you get you get to play on the Orders power play. You're going to get some points. Now Bouchard's been good five on five. And if you look at who does Bouchard play the majority of his minutes with five on five, Connor McDavid. So now you have to be a good offensive player to capitalize. Just because you play with McDavid, you can ask Paul Yarvi, you can ask lots of other players. Just because you play with them doesn't mean you're going to produce. So I give Bouchard a lot of credit, but offense was his calling card. That's why he was drafted top 10 because he can produce points. So I'm not stunned so much by his point totals uh, right now for me anyway. So Eric Brandstrom has been playing left wing the last couple of games from third pairing defenseman to left wing. Do you, do you think Bouchard would be, do, be able to do something like that if ever called upon? I probably could do it, but I wouldn't, I'd, to me, it wouldn't be beneficial. It, it's hard to, like the NHL is hard enough. Right to now, Brandstrom's a smaller defenseman, so you know what? Maybe, maybe they're going to see if he can do it. I've talked to a lot of D men, like you know, Bufflin went and tried Ford for a bit, Brent Burns went and tried Ford. Now they're huge men, but eventually they were defensemen, right? Like, this is the NHL, it's the best of the best. Um, you know, if Brandstrom could actually make the change permanently, I give him a lot of credit, but I think it's harder. People think, oh, he's an offensive minded player, but he's never forechecked. Right. He doesn't have winger instincts. He just doesn't. It's not like you can just snap your finger and have instincts like you, you can't think. It sounds stupid. You don't think in the game you react. And all those years no, his- of playing allows you to know where to go. Well, now he's trying to learn a new position, the best league in the world. Like, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of it. Like That's you do exactly. it every now and then for guys. But I, I don't think it's a recipe for long term success. Yeah, and that's exactly it. It's your brain is wired a certain way. You grew up your entire life playing defense. You you're like you said, you don't think, you just kind of react. It's just part of the the brain muscle. It's just reaction. So um you mentioned at the beginning of the season the Oilers were dog shit, and now they've been on fire the three points out of a playoff spot. Um so similarities to Ottawa, where on paper, Ottawa realistically should be a much better team, but they're playing like dog shit. Do you, and I know you're an Oilers guy. I don't know how much you get to watch of Ottawa. I know you've talked about them a few times on the show. You've, you've had Ian Mendez on a couple of other guys um, over the, over the years, but 
what do you see in Ottawa? Like what, what's stopping them from really stepping up? They have the players to do it. Well, see, I didn't pick Ottawa to be a playoff team because I can't defend. Um, and, and Ottawa no, has the, the thing that Ottawa lacks. They don't have an elite player, right? Like for, for daily faceoff, I cover the whole league with Frank Cervalli. And um, when I look at Ottawa, they have lots of good players, but I'm talking elite, right? Brady Kachuk is an elite, right? He's had one 70 point season. I, and I know that, you know, Stutzel had 90 points last year. That's good. But to me, that's not elite. It's very good. It's not elite. Um, you know, Sanderson, I think has the potential, but he's in his second year. And if you think second year guys are going to be the backbone of your team, you know, and you know, he's not Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is kind of a freak, right? But Kale McCarr still had McKinnon, Hall of Famer, elite, dominant player. He had Miko Rantanen, dominant player. And so I like Batherson. I like Norris. Like Ottawa's got a lot of good players. They don't have an elite player. And so, and, but their biggest problem is they can't defend. They, they haven't really improved as a defensive team. And really, when I look at their defense, we can talk about their blue liners. Obviously, Thomas Shabbat's injury has impacted them. But even Thomas Shabbat hasn't taken a lot of steps. Like, he needs a legit defensive partner. Like, an, a veteran player who's a proven top four defenseman. That's what they need, right? Otherwise, you're, you're asking him to anchor your, your D pair when he's not really a defensive-minded defenseman. Like, look at Evan Bouchard. Who does he play with? Matthias Ekholm. Magically, Evan Bouchard looks like a much better player. Why? Because he's got a stalwart defensive defenseman who's a partner, who's like a coach on the ice, who's going to be the guy who knows how to calm things down, right? Can remind Evan, hey, like, don't, don't get in like the, you know, you're running on a treadmill. And to me, that's Ottawa's problem. And then I look at their forwards. I still don't think their forwards are committed enough on consistent back pressure and helping out in zone defense now. Whether you're playing man-to-man or zone, I don't care. But the point is, Good team defense, it isn't just your defenseman. You can't have your, your forwards cheating, being on the wrong side of the puck. And when I watch Ottawa, for the, now they'll show a game or two here or there, but at the end of the day, you know, goals against don't lie, right? And I know that goaltending has been somewhat of an issue, but um, and it's a factor, no question. But I look at, I think they need a better commitment to team defense. That's what they need. Yeah, but as far as goaltending goes, you look at Gustafson, who leaves, goes to Minnesota, has a stellar year. I mean, not doing so great this year. Talbot goes from an all-star, then he goes to Ottawa, shits the bed in Ottawa. Now look what he's doing in L.A. So that kind of tells you, like, yeah, you know what? The goaltending may not have been confident in the defenseman in front of him. So he's playing fragile. And I think that's what's happening with Corpsella and Forsberg is they're both playing very fragile, not confident in the defense in front of them. And and I might get hung for this from sense fans, but I talked about this with my other podcast hosts. There's a lot of guys in Ottawa that I would be I would be putting on a market and being like, we got to go. Like, Norris is one of the only guys who is responsible defensively as a forward. And and I know as a Flames player, Oilers fans aren't going to want to hear it. And I do have a lot of friends where Oilers fans are going to listen. But a guy like Lindholm, I'd love to see a guy like Lindholm. Yeah, he's digressed a little bit offensively. Give him a new start with some better forwards, you know, where on a team that's positive and optimistic and energetic. You know, the offense might come back a little bit, but his defensive side of things is what really is appealing to me. And I think, for example, like I said, you know, Drake Batherson, uh, you know, Tarasenko, I think Tarasenko's as good as gone by the deadline. Uh, Kubalik, Branch, Drum, they're, they're going to be fishing him up too. I would even move Thomas Shabbat at the end of the day. It's, I, I think the uh, the fan favorite label needs to start coming off some of these players and, uh, you know, Steos, who you know quite well. I, I think he's... Uh, He's going to have to pull the trigger on some things to make some things happen. But 
yeah, I, I, I agree. Defensively, the, the forward group is just not committed to playing defense enough. And the defensive group always looks like scrambled eggs in their own zone. It's terrible. So, yeah, it's just one where it's it's a consistency. And um, I, I don't even know it's about playing fragile. It's like when you give up constant good scoring chances, like Cam Talbot and, and Corpus Allo, they're not any different of goaltenders. They're playing in a different system. It's a fact. You go to L.A., you're, you're goaltending, you're going to have more chance of success because you're not facing as many high-danger chances. It's just That's just the truth. I don't, you know, Vasilevsky, if he, look at Tampa Bay's team defense this year. It's not as good. His numbers aren't as good right now. And he's still elite, but there's very few goalies that can consistently make up for uh, for porous defense. And it's a commitment, right? And, you know, DJ Smith, the, the players liked him. I get all that, but he wasn't able to get them to buy in consistently defensively. I, I'm not in love with the Jacques Martin temporary coach here. Um, I saw it in Edmonton with Ken Hitchcock. It didn't have the, the impact they were hoping. Um, I understand, like, to me, you know what, get your GM in place. Now, I always thought it was going to be stale, so they finally announced it's going to be stale. And so, you know what, they filled out the rest of your management team, and that's fine. And But I look at this now. So you're going to have Jacques Martin. He's going to coach the rest of the year. And now you're going to bring in a new coach next season. What a waste of the last 50 games. Because I've talked to so many players and coaches. The biggest advantage you can have as a team is when you come into training camp and you don't have to coach a new system. Your players' continuity matters, right? Now, people say, well, we had DJ Smith for five years and didn't help. Valid point. But I also don't think he had a lot of horses some years. But then he also, they never showed any improvement in their defensive zone coverage consistently enough. So Jacques Martin, I know he has a history and all that stuff of being a defensive coach, but can he relate to his players? And if the players know the guy's not going to be there, does it really matter? So I, I'm not in love with Ottawa's situation right now. Um, I know they're using Martin Alfredson to maybe see, Hey, we can see what we have and you know what? They'll have a better sense of it, but that's what your GM's job is. That's what your pro scouts job is, right? Is to know what you have yeah. and, and find out as a team. And I, th- I think Ottawa, the other thing is like, who who are like, you bring in Claude Giroux and I like Claude Giroux, but who are the veterans that are going to help nurture their players? I think that's been a mistake in Ottawa. It was a mistake that Edmonton made for years. You need veterans win games. That's just a fact, right? And you need veterans that can help you be a professional, all sorts of things. And, you know, I think Ottawa, they gave a lot of power and responsibility to young players who weren't ready for it. And now they don't know how to lead because they've never won. They don't know. They think they know what the commitment is to team defense, but they don't really know. Yeah. And that, they brought Tarasenko in thinking he might fill that, but I've never seen Tarasenko as more than somebody coming in to try and put up some points for the next big contract somewhere in the U S is kind of what I've seen. I mean, he's, he likes Ottawa. He, he says he's liked a lot more than he thought he was going to, but again, um, uh, I don't think he's your past the deadline personally. And when I said the goalie was playing, um, I guess I should have chosen a different word. I just meant our goaltending is not playing with confidence and it's because they're not confident in the defense or the team in front of them. So they're more wondering where they're playing. Like when you watch the games, usually there's some sort of system you can see in the defensive zone, you know, where your forwards are supposed to be, where your defenders are they're supposed to be and oftentimes they're not where they're supposed to be and i guarantee you our goaltenders are noticing it and it's making them panic i mean i'm not a goaltender but it would scare the shit out of me personally so yeah well you just every goalie that i've ever talked to when when they know where the guys are at it it makes their job much easier it's just that simple speaking of goaltender Stuart skinner 
Wow. Like he's, he's been impressive and he's only going to get better. He's still young. He's only going to get better. He hasn't even hit the peak of his career yet. Um, how confident are you in Stuart Skinner and Calvin Picard as a one-two punch for a deep playoff run? I know Stuart Skinner has some playoff experience already, and he's proven that he can step up in big games, but is he still too inexperienced to take it that far? I think Skinner is, is a player who's, you know, he's been a starter at every level and he's always gotten better. Um, you know, he, he had a big learning curve last year, which is great. You learn from the experience of the playoffs. And you now I'm I'm quite confident in Stuart Skinner's job as a starting goaltender. You know, he's he's not a top 10 elite starting goaltender yet, but I think he shows a lot of signs that he can be in the future. Um, Calvin Pickard is a backup. Mm, I'm not sure, but here's the, the thing. I've scoured around the NHL and it's not like there's a boatload of better options that are obvious ones to acquire to say, hey, if we get this guy, he's clearly going to be a better backup. So, you know, Edmonton's in no rush. They've got a very light schedule in January. They only play 10 games in January. They only play two games against teams currently have a playoff spot. So, you know what? They've got a lot of time. Uh, the trade deadline is until March 8th. And, you know, you're probably going to see more teams fall out of it between now and then. And then there might be a team, you know, no one thought Ekholm was available last year till three days before the trade deadline. He became available. So I, I like Stuart Skinner. I've been a, a big fan of his. He's a young player. Um, you want to develop him. And you know what? He got thrust into a bigger responsibility than that, you know, it was a big learning curve for him last year. And I think that's actually helped him. A little bit of growing pains isn't bad for anybody. He gained a lot of experience in the playoffs. He's a pretty calm guy by nature. You know, he's really big on mental toughness. He focuses on it. He reads on it. He studies it. So I think that's going to help him. And, you know, Pickard's been serviceable. And so, you know, can he play three of the next 10 games and just, you know, give you 905? If he gives you 905 in today's NHL, you're doing cartwheels from your backup because the orders have enough offense that they should be able to win games uh, with that. So I, I'm still not in love with it, but there's nobody on the, the market that I look at that, that I think is a realistic trade option, like other than maybe James Reimer in Detroit. And I'm not sold that James Reimer is like the answer to your prayers. So that's a problem right now. Like there's, there's lots of teams looking for another goaltender. Toronto's looking for consistency in goal. You know, there's other teams doing it. So, you know, Edmonton's there. But Stuart Skinner, after a tough first seven games, he's really found his group. 100%. And when you said there's like a lack of like goaltenders in the NHL, there's also a lack of elite goaltenders in the NHL. This isn't, you know, 15 years ago where you had, you know, 15, 20 years ago where we had a lot of good goaltenders. Now you might pick off, you know, maybe a handful that are you could consider that are even elite or close to elite in the NHL nowadays. Uh, I remember watching Olympics for years. Uh, one thing you always can count on is Canada having a really good goaltender. And now if you made up, you know, Canada's team with goaltending, who would you have as goaltenders? I mean, I would not be very confident in, in what we have in net. So, but um, yeah. Well, they're kind of spoiled with Patrick Juan and Marty Brodeur, no question, but I, I think Canada has uh you know they've got some young goalies Stuart Skinner you know Carter Hart they they've got some guys it's obviously they're not like Russia like Russia's top three or four goaltenders is is definitely the best uh, you know there's no question but look look at Connor Ingram Connor Ingram in Arizona has been unbelievable this season right uh, Tristan Jar there's some younger guys there's definitely no established Patrick Waugh or Marty Brodeur by any stretch but um, Skinner Hart. Ingram, you know, Tristan Jari, they got some, they got some younger goalies uh, that are, that I think will can do the job. 
if we ever get the Olympics again, for God's sakes, I would sure be nice if they could. But uh, so yeah. sadly, it's it's not oh. something Canada has to worry about just yet. No, I wish though. Um, so Tim Sessler, he's obviously not he's not in the same category uh, as as Leon Dreisaitl by any means. I think uh, Dreisaitl is kind of in that tier right under McDavid. You know, McDavid's by himself, and uh, underneath that is where you get the McKinnons and the Austin Matthews and Dreisaitl. And then underneath that is where you get the guys like Tim Stutzla. Now, my little brother lives in Germany, and he says both are equally, and, and same with, like, you know, Morty Sider in Detroit. These guys are all, like, superstars in Germany. So do you think a guy like Tim Stutzla can have a big effect on German hockey and seeing more and more Germans play hockey, just like Leon Dreisaitl did, where he inspired a bunch of German kids to go play, where the league's going to see more and more German kids coming into the league? Well, you know, Stutzler isn't that much younger than Drysaddle. Was he five years younger? I think it is. So maybe six. Um, you know, him that's and most Sider, big Mo one Sider, Sider, really, really good defenseman. So, um, you know what, Stutzler, obviously, it's like anything. Kids gravitate like Leon Drysaddle is the second leading scorer in the NHL over the last five years, right? Um, he's, and not only leading scorer, he's one of the best goal scorers, top three goal scorers too. So, you know what? Um, you know, having Stutzel's kind of like on that next tier and most cider, a, a dominant defenseman really helps. There's no question about that. And, and that's what you need. And I think, um, you know, Stutzel really looks up to dry and, you know, dry is a big fan of him. He obviously wants, he's a proud German. He wants, you know, German hockey to continue to improve and evolve and, and they're, and seeing dry, you can't just have one guy. I think, you know, you have dry he's elite superstar, but then most cider is really good. Stutzel's really good. And I think Stutzel's the one guy, like, if to me, if I had to rank who has the potential to be the best player moving forward in Ottawa, I'd have him at the top of the list. I, I think he's, you know, he's got potential to be a really good player. He's going through a tough learning curve right now with only seven goals this season, but that happens, right? Like, he's he's a young player. The, the, the progression in the NHL isn't always just upwards, upwards, upwards. There's potholes for lots of guys at different times. So, yeah, I think, like, Tim Stutzel's not on Dreisaitl's level in that country, but... He's definitely very known and very noticeable and, and young kids, you know, they gravitate to success. And so they, you know, obviously it'd be beneficial if Ottawa could get to the playoffs soon because there's just more focus on a player and on a team when they're in the playoffs. Fair enough. Do we see Stuart Skinner Saturday? Yes. Yeah. Skinner will play uh, on Saturday for sure. Uh, no question. You know, they got a light sked. They played Tuesday, so he'll play and he, and he didn't, he played saturday tuesday saturday so yeah he'll uh the sends will get him and you know what they'll get arrested Connor mcdavid who is uh, uh starting to, to really show it. he's got 40 points in his last 19 games he's averaging over two points a game and you know they got mcleod and a fogel on a little bit of an unexpected heater for for both of them but the order's top line that to me if the sends are gonna have any success they got to find a way to slow down hyman nugent hopkins and mcdavid because they are the most dangerous line in the nhl right now yeah mcdavid's been nothing shy of disgusting he's Honestly, it's uh, it's nice to see a generational talent like that in the NHL. It's it's, honestly, he's been the best. Since he's coming to the league, I think he's gonna be he's gonna go down as the best to ever play the game. Sorry, Gretzky. Sorry, everybody else. He's he's gonna go down the best to do it. So, um, now you mentioned they played Saturday. They're not playing again until Saturday. So a full week of rest. Some say that's a that's a rusty problem. Some say that's a good thing. And, you know, the rest is a weapon. Um, what can Ottawa expect out of Edmonton coming out of the gates on Saturday? Is is rest their friend or is it going to be the rust? Yeah, I think rest is their friend at this point. I don't, um, you know, they're, they're, they won six in a row. You know, maybe 
maybe the first 10 minutes, but Edmonton has, they've grown and matured a lot as a team over the last few years. I don't, uh, they're not in a playoff spot yet, even though, you know, the, uh, they're very close and eventually they're going to get there. It's a no brainer. They're a playoff team for me, but, um, you know, Ottawa is going to, Ottawa is going to have to be prepared, but I know orders look at Ottawa and say, Hey, we have a team coming in here that they got some dangerous players, no question, but they're also a team that's going to give you lots of chances. Right. And, uh, the order, what are the yeah. sense? I think they're fourth worst as far as goals against in the NHL, right? They come in 29th yeah. and, and the orders are the number one offense in the league here the last two months. And they're number three on the season, despite being brutal offensively, even, uh, to start the season. So yeah, it's going to be a real tough test for Ottawa. Make no mistake about it. Connor McDavid's, you know, on the top of his game, Zach Hyman's playing great. Dry found his mojo again. Their power plays good. And the thing is, Edmonton's not really giving up a lot of goals, right? Dave, that's that's the other thing. They're not, they're not a fire wagon hockey. They're outscoring teams the last two months by almost like 1.6 goals per game. Like that's a significant advantage. So yeah, it'll be a real tough test for Ottawa, no question. And, and really, you know, Ottawa, if you look at it, they it's not been a great matchup for them against Edmonton, just because I mean they don't ignoring play. the bubble season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the bubble season for sure. That was a tough one. No question. But, you know, even if you look at it like Ottawa can skate. Right. And so but if they get to a game where you're exchanging chances, well, eventually that's more often than not, that's going to be a losing endeavor against McDavid and Drysdale. Some teams can do it. But if you if you did it 10 times, more often than not, you're going to lose eight of them. Absolutely fair. Uh, so the reason why I asked about skaters, because both teams are top tens in shots. So an over under on 70 shots between both teams on Saturday. Ooh, um, well, the orders have done a better job lately of limiting them, but they gave up 35 to Philly. So yeah, I could see it. It's Saturday night. Um, I could see like a 40, 36 type of game in shots for sure. Fair enough. Well, that's everything I want to ask, man. I really want to, you know, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on the second time you've been on the show. Both times I've had a you know really good time and got to chit chat quite a bit about you know everything Sens and Oilers and like I said for me living in oil country as a Sens fan sometimes it's a bit lonely but it's nice when I could talk about both teams at the same time so again I really appreciate your time. Hey, no problem, Dave. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. You as well. Cheers. Perfect. I hit the end record, so it's going to stop recording here in about a second. But yeah, no, that was uh, that was awesome, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate your time.